The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome to Monday Football Monday here on the SB Nation NFL Show. It's time to start your week with some discussion around the League of National Footballness. A reminder before we get started that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As mentioned, this is the SB Nation NFL show. This is Monday, Football Monday specifically. We have shows coming out all the time. We have content all over the place. So a few places you can follow, listen, watch, whatever you want to us. The SB Nation NFL YouTube channel, subscribe there. The SB Nation NFL Twitter page, give us a follow. The SB Nation NFL Facebook page, give us a like. We are on the gram too, so go follow us everywhere. We are hustling and bustling all the time. I say we because I am Arjo Choa from SB Nation's blog and the boys covering the Dallas Cowboys and joining me normally is Pete Tweeney from Arrowhead Pride but he was a little bit under the weather today so subbing in for Pete I'm going to say this already I hope Rachel who's with us every Monday as well um, is all right with this the MF double MVP for Monday May 16th 2022 for responding and jumping on in less than an hour's notice from SB Nation's Niners Nation you know him you love him standing in at six foot four 180 pounds of lean absolute muscle it is Rob Stats Guerrero RG how goes it you gave me like six extra inches and like 40 extra pounds but I'll take it I mean you didn't um, have any sort of disagreement with the fact that it was lean pure muscle like that part you're fine with yeah well it's all muscle but you know the other parts not so much you can hear stats and I every um I don't know if it's Thursdays now. Um that's about it my paper. So well I don't I mean I know there was some for stuff an, happening. For so, another I mean, week. For another okay, week. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you can hear stats and I together later this week on the look ahead. Uh but for this episode for Monday, I get to be in the driver's seat, which means I get to control the music, I get to control the air conditioning, I get to control when we stop and pee. So Rob, you just gotta have to shut up and take it. Uh before we get started, stats, uh, we remind people, I mentioned where people can watch us, but they can also listen to us on the SB Nation NFL, wherever they get their podcasts, Apple devices, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, subscribe, leave a rating. And if you write a review, we are contractually obligated to read it. Uh, you pointed one out to me stats. And I think that uh, me reading it a lot is going to bring you um, great joy to say the least. Oh, I'm pretty sure it will. So uh, I can't wait to hear it. 
Um, so the latest review for us to read uh, comes to us last Thursday, the day of the Look Ahead launch, by the way, a sacred day, some would say. Uh, it is a five star rating. Comes uh, the, the username is difficult. I'm just going to like read it letter by letter. A-Q-W-S-D-E-R-F-1208. So again, I mean, not totally certain what that was. It, it felt like, you remember when you had to type uh, like text messages, like the old T9 way where like the one was the like A, B and C or whatever. It feels like somebody was doing that and just like messed up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, uh, maybe I'm a little bit biased because the subject line is RJ is terrible. Here we go. <laughs> love, <laughs> love all the shows for the most part, but RJ makes every show he's on worse. He just rambles on about nothing and makes nonsensical comparisons. When you hear him say, it's like when you... You can fast forward 30 seconds. Dude will yell and make pop culture references and refuses to move on until the co-host acknowledges it. He also made an award for one of his shows for no reason. Love, BLG, Stats, and Pete. I um, appreciate the review from the username that I can't read, but if you think I only ramble for 30 seconds and you haven't properly been listening. See, he gave it away, though. There's a reason Pete's not here today. Did you see? Love, BLG, Stats, and Pete. We combined to write this review. That's what That makes sense. Know. I know you're all intimidated by me and how handsome I am and, you know, how beautifully baritone my voice sounds and my extensive knowledge of the National Football League. So I get it. You guys feel threatened. It's cool. Three of you versus me. I mean, he said you're terrible and still, or he or she said you're terrible and still gave us a five-star review. So That's true. Um, thank you. If it is three versus one, in the spirit of analogies and comparisons, it's like when you play <laughs> Super Smash Brothers and you do one versus three computers all on level 10 or level nine, whatever it was. Um, and, you know, it's it's a bit of a chore, but if you're a champion, you you power through. That's what I've done. Congratulations to me. Never played Smash Brothers. Um, Rachel, um, I'll get your thoughts on this later, but Stats hated on me earlier this morning for eating a muffin and a banana for breakfast. So just know that, Rachel, when you pick your MFW MVP. But anyway, uh, Stats, we have, um, well, the NFL is content king, which means we do have things to talk about. And that's actually one of them. But before we get there, uh, a bit of an awkward affair kind of unfolded before our very eyes over the weekend. Um, I, you know, I, I know you took great joy and, and reveled in this. Uh, because you hate them for no understandable or objective reason. Uh, but the New Orleans Saints have had a weird offseason. You've killed them a lot. You've named them a loser of the offseason. They paid like 14 picks to trade up and draft Chris Olave, who's a fine receiver. But, I mean, is that really worth it? They also handed him. Did you see this Marcus Colston's old number? Ooh, you know that? that's a I shot Colston. I mean, what's going on? Like, the Saints love to be like, how did Colston never get this love? Blah, blah, blah. Why are you handing out his jersey number? Like, put him in the ring of honor. If he doesn't get, you know, any rec or, like recognition anywhere else, give him some yourselves. But anyway, uh, so over the weekend, or, or kind of over the last few days, rather, the Saints stats have gone full. Everybody love us. We're, we're just going to give you random reasons to root for us and sign Tyron Matthew. Welcome home. LSU great. And Jarvis Landry. Welcome home. LSU great. So this is literally like... Uh, like, remember how people used to say, like, well, the Jaguars should sign Tim Tebow, you know, when they had those like blackouts that were happening around them from a television standpoint, you know, reunite him in, in Florida, et cetera, et cetera. The Saints are actually kind of literally doing that. Uh, it's going to be a party in the Superdome, but probably not for a very good football team. And Drew Brees has taken notice. Now, the reason stats Drew Brees is relevant, I said pretty um, impressively at the beginning of this offseason that football is going to look very different for us as fans this coming season. The number of announcers who have changed places. I mean, I didn't even, obviously we didn't know this at the time, but you know, just a, 
within that realm, uh, good morning football is going to look different. Kay Adams leaving good morning football last week. And so like everything we consume from a football standpoint to a certain degree will look a little bit different next year. Uh, and even that even includes NBC's uh, studio show of Sunday Night Football is Drew Brees is out. Drew Brees was long thought to be the heir to the whatever top color analyst position that would open up. What hasn't really technically kind of opened up and it already belongs to Drew Brees. Um, so Drew is seemingly a bit sad. Uh, but NBC doesn't care about them because reportedly he is moving on from NBC after one year of service. Good. I mean, <laughs> he wasn't very good. He wasn't good That's as so a mean, studio wow. analyst. He Gosh. wasn't good as a game analyst. Let's call it like it is. Like, well, he did. He was. He, he didn't do a ton of games, but yeah, it was. It was not Jason Witten bad, but it was. It was not good. Yeah, and I honestly like I. You know, I worked with Mike Florio for a long time, so I trust a lot of what he says. And what Mike wrote on ProFootballTalk.com was that he was guessing, to be fair, but he said that, you know, this is about money. Breeze has a contract with NBC that he probably doesn't want to just walk away from. And he said, Florio said his official position, as stated on Twitter, could be part of an effort to leverage a buyout. And, like, let's be honest. I think that's part of it. And I think also, like, Drew's trying to control the narrative a little bit here, right? Like he doesn't want to look like he got canned by NBC. He doesn't like that Marshan broke this story in the New York Post. And so he's trying to take back the narrative a little bit. So a few things here. Um, I do think it's interesting because we're talking about NBC that the entire broadcast crew for them is different with the exception of the color analyst position. And this is something you and I both really care about this. I know you're sounding really monotone and like, you know, boring because you hate Drew Brees and the Saints because they were a better team than the 49ers throughout all of his tenure there. But um, NBC has in the playoffs. NBC has a new play-by-play voice in Mike Tirico. Granted, not new, like he's been in-house and he's been the heir there for a long time uh, since leaving Monday Night Football himself. They have a new sideline reporter in Melissa Stark. And so something that you and I had talked about was like, maybe they just hit the total reset button. Maybe Chris Collinsworth is out. Maybe they they get rid of all the PFF stats, you know, when they're like doing the Sunday Night Football intros or whatever. uh, And they bring in, you know, Drew Brees. Because that kind of felt like the inevitable, right? He did, Drew did games with Mike Tirico. Like it seemed like that's what NBC wanted. They wanted their own sort of classic version everybody does these days of tony romo it just he was not very good and chris i I maintain that chris collinsworth is slept on as a color analyst he is still the best in the business uh which upsets cowboys fans for me to say out loud he is so smart and so prepared not that anybody else isn't but um so i mean yeah i think you're right that drew's trying to take back the narrative he has two tweets that he is um throwing out into the ether ether uh for people to kind of stew on first he tweeted stats and posted this on instagram as well Man, signing, and he tagged uh, Jarvis Landry and Tyron Matthew. Makes me want to come back and play again with not one, not two, but three exclamation points. Great additions, leaders, and players. So first of all, your thoughts on this. Is this Drew, like, trolling? Is this Drew just, you know, coming back at Christmas break during his first year in college? You know, like, to, hey, don't forget about me. I'm still a great, I, you know, I can still, you know, uh, generate, you know, attention about the Saints, like, this just felt a little weird, if I'm being honest. No, this one doesn't bother me. Like, I kind of get what he's saying. Like, hey, those dudes are awesome. People always say when they retire, what do they miss the most? They miss the, the team the in the locker room. room. They miss right. the relationships. Well, he's just talking about they brought in two awesome people, and that makes him want to play again because he misses those kind of relationships. Like, that is fine to me. That doesn't – to me, that's just him, like, giving the Saints an attaboy type of thing. That's cool. It's the other tweet that 
okay, I had so, the issue with. So that this comes in the aftermath of the Andrew Marchand report from the New York Post that he's out at NBC and, and the whole world's kind of dunking on Breeze, like whatever at this point. And Drew tweets out, this was all Sunday, by the way. Uh, so appropriately, Drew goes to work on Sundays. Despite speculation from media about my future this fall, I'm currently undecided. I may work for NBC. I may play football again. I may focus on business and philanthropy. I may train for the pickleball tour, senior golf tour, coach my kids, or all of the above. I'll let you know. Drew is still a ways away from the senior golf tour. You got to be 50 years old. Um, I know he's he's a little bit older, but I mean, you know, let's be patient there, Drew. Uh, that felt kind of snarky to me, Stats, and I think you're going to agree. Yeah, that is. See, that's him. Like, oh, despite speculation. It wasn't speculation by Andrew Marshan. He reported. He wasn't just throwing that out there. And by the way, Marshan has broken like every sports media oh, story. He's, that... he's the GOAT when it comes to sports media. Right. So it wasn't just some random, you know, egg on Twitter throwing this out there. So it, that that's just points back to Breeze. Just, you know, he's a little hurt. He got kicked around a little bit and he looks bad and he's trying to, you know, put lipstick on a pig, so to speak. Where does he go? Because there was even the thought that after Troy Aikman left, um, well, I guess Troy and Joe, that Fox could trade for Breeze. We've seen that happen. It's been discussed a billion different times. Al Michaels, Roger Rabbit, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, you can trade for sports media personalities. Um, but Fox, I, I, this this is the one area where I feel for Breeze. Tom Brady has sort of like taken anything that Drew Breeze ever loved over the last few years. Right? Like Drew, <laughs> Drew, Drew Breeze's like whole intention was like, I'm going to sail off into the sunset after the 2017 New Orleans draft, he was like, I've got this great talent around me. We're going to be okay. You know, we're going to have, you know, a few shots. And they did. And maybe when they had their last shot, Tom Brady just comes in and steps all over it. After Breeze sweeps him in the regular season in 2020, it's like, ha, Tom Brady comes to my division. I'll show you who the king of the NFC South is. And then, boom, you lose your last game ever in the Superdome. Tom Brady's playing catch with your kids. You know what I mean? And then you're over <laughs> here like, you, you know. take his kids. I mean, like, you're, you're Drew Reese. You're over here doing the work in your first you know you're out of the nfl you know towards the path that you want to get to which is being a top color analyst and before you can achieve that tom brady takes that too <laughs> like like drew Brees must hate tom brady right now um but but that's besides the point um well but, but yeah, this I is mean, the danger right like this is what we talked about because i've you know i'm skeptical with every athlete that just jumps right into the analyst chair we don't know if they can do the job. Everybody wanted Drew Brees to be an analyst when he retired. Everybody. Remember, he signed a deal with NBC before he even retired. It was That's what I'm saying. Like, Brady has won up that. Like, but, remember, that was that was like a big deal that, that Brees did that. And now Brady has taken that, too. But yeah, but a year from now, we could be saying the same thing. Oh, Fox is soured on Tom Brady. Like, he might not be any good at the job either. But this is why, you, you know, they give all these money to these people and you don't know what you're getting. And so, okay, now look, think about this, RJ, all the, the musical chairs we've seen with analysts, right? Amazon needed somebody. They knew Drew Brees was out there. I'm sure they knew how NBC felt about him. They went and got Kirk Herbstreet to put him with Al Michaels. Kirk Herbstreet doesn't do NFL. He's a college football guy. They didn't want Drew Brees. So that just tells you like his standing in the eyes of the industry. It is interesting at the very least how, you know, far Breeze has fallen over the course of the last year. But on the Tom Brady note, and we already discussed this last week, I do think on the spectrum um, where the two extremes are Jason Witten and Tony Romo, two great Cowboys who didn't accomplish anything real with the team, but but have seemingly <laughs> in their in their post playing careers. Um, I I would I think 
odds are high that Brady is much closer to the Romo end of that spectrum than Witten. And I think when, when Breeze began, it was fair to believe he was probably closer to the Witten end of the spectrum. But stats, something that I maintain is just amazing that happened. Um, if you'll allow me very quickly. I think it's amazing that three years ago, the Cowboys were like, oh, Witten, you haven't played in a year? You retired? Come on back. <laughs> like you want you, you want your starting job back? Come on back. You know, like that, it is amazing that the Cowboys pulled him out of the Monday Night Football booth. Like, I think we still don't properly talk about just how circus like that whole situation was. But we'll, we'll get to the circus of the Cowboys in a little bit. Uh, but Witten did return. Witten did unretire, emerged from the from the you know analyst profession and played um, was fine. But um, Breeze mentioned maybe I'll play football again. I don't know if you've noticed, but the Saints haven't exactly addressed the quarterback position this offseason. Yeah, they brought Jameis back. Um, I was talking with some friends about this on Sunday night, and I was joking about what the Adam Schefter tweet would be if and when Drew Brees returned, uh, because it just felt kind of predictable. And this is what I think the Schefter tweet would look like, Stats. Quote, the Saints have been working on bringing Drew Brees home for a few months. He was a key part in their trades up during the NFL draft and oh, studied God. Chris Olave film while working for NBC. He says Olave reminds him of Marcus Colston and is a huge reason why he is returning. Tell me you couldn't see that. <laughs> uh, I mean, God, you, you literally could have traveled into the future and pulled that tweet back. Right. That, that's pretty good. Um, so Dennis Allen spoke about this on Monday morning um, and said, I think the comment was made in jest. Do you think there's any life whatsoever to Drew Brees returning to play quarterback no. for the Saints in 2000? Zero. 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 He could not throw at the end of his NFL career. Uh, Peter King in Football Morning in America wrote, quote, one friend of Breeze told me Sunday he hasn't mentioned playing to him this offseason and his left shoulder surgery May 2nd at age 43 after not playing football for 16 months would seem to make a return to football problematic at best. Another person who knows Breeze told me Sunday night, quote, he's not playing football. I don't know this. But I'm willing to bet that one of those friends of Drew Brees is Sean Payton. And I think that's a pretty good source when it comes to Drew Brees news. Uh, he couldn't throw. He had shoulder surgery May 2nd. Hell, if you want a, a quarterback that has arm issues that just had shoulder surgery, Jimmy Garoppolo is available. <laughs> I mean, you could go with that. You could go that route. Drew Brees, he's done. It's just there's nothing left in his shoulder. He had an incredible career. He was arguably the greatest free agent signing in the history of football, and it's just done now. It's over. It's amazing to me. Um, I don't think I've ever explained this like thought of mine to you, um, so I think you'll appreciate it. If you can't win a Super Bowl as an NFL player and be like a Hall of Fame player and, and like one of the greatest of all time, you want to be the guy who the team let down. That like, hear me out, because that's what cow and i'm speaking obviously from the prism of, of the cowboys but that's how cowboys fans view tony romo right like romo's a martyr and and he like made himself a bit of a martyr with his football as a meritocracy speech so like his plan sort of worked in that sense but romo is a martyr in that man the team let him down you know he got hurt he gave everything he had to the team and they didn't give him an offensive line until it was too late and then his body couldn't handle it and then dak prescott came and they made the wrong decision and blah 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 so like you are forever a great like because you're the guy the team let down and it is such a big risk to play with that for your legacy. And I think an example of somebody who did is Jason Witten, 
when I don't know if you remember the stats when Witten retired he had this parade through the star in Frisco like the whole <laughs> everyone who worked there came out it was this big emotional press conference Jason Garrett cried they had just cut Des Bryant he choked up talking about this moment they had etc and so like you want to be that person if, if you, everybody wants to win the Super Bowl everybody wants to be a Hall of Famer everybody wants all that stuff but if you can't be that person you want to be the team or the person that the team let down so you are for it is forever their fault you are forever perfect in the eyes of people that's who Breeze was and I'm, that's because Breeze won a Super Bowl. Breeze was the greatest straight agent signing of all time. And he he meant, maybe means more to an NFL team than any other person ever has, given the relationship that he has with the city of New Orleans. But he played with his legacy a little bit, right? Like, he played with his legacy going into the analyst profession. Fine, do make your own decisions, Drew. And now it's like, now he's kind of a joke, right? Like, and, and you look at Sean Payton, who you bring up. Sean right now is the GOAT. Sean, like... And we'll see, it, you know, if and when Sean returns to coaching, how he plays with his legacy there. But this is this is the cost. This is the price to playing with your legacy. Yeah, I don't think his struggles as an analyst have diminished him in the eyes of anybody in New I Orleans. Think, though, th think about the effect it had on Jason Witten. And and I'm not saying Drew Brees is Jason Witten, but but Witten is regarded as this like oaf to people because of how bad he was as an analyst. Yeah, but no one says he was. I mean, he was still a Hall of Fame tight end. But it's it's part of the first things you think about. When you think about him now, and I don't even overall. honestly, I don't think of him as an analyst. It was so bad and so brief. <laughs> I don't. I think of him as a great tight end. I do think that like Breeze doesn't get enough criticism for some of his playoff losses. I mean, he won the Super Bowl and he was great in the game, and he deserves all the credit for that. But like, you lost to Alex. You got outdueled by Alex Smith against the 49ers in 2011. You lost to an under 500 Seahawks team in the playoffs as the reigning world champs. That part isn't included enough. You lost to case Keenum in the Minneapolis that's, miracle. That's the one that I think like, that's where people, he, that's where he's like the, the martyr, right? Like, Oh man, if not for Marcus Williams, right. you know what I mean? Like that, that would have been his, like his, his rap if not for, but now he's, he's gone down this, this path, this poor, you lost to the Rams. And I know there was a bad call, but you got the ball first in overtime. and That further solidifies that he was this martyr. But keep, keep, keep going. Even with that horrible call, you got the ball first in overtime, and you could have won that game, and it was entirely in your hands, and you threw a pick, Drew Brees, in overtime that cost your team a chance to win. So I don't want to hear about this bad call because you still could have won the game. Football you karma coming back for the, by the way, 2009 NFC Championship when that same thing happened at Brett Favre, which led to the rule True. change that we first saw. You lost to Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota Vikings, outdueled by Kirk, okay? And then Brady, you lost to him as well. So It's like, amazing that, that they've lost two playoff games to the Vikings, who are this, like, down <laughs> on their luck, <laughs> like, you know, franchise as far as playoff success and the two quarterbacks that have led the Vikings over them were Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins. Like, it wasn't like, you know, like talking about Drew Brees, it's not like you lost to Dante Culpepper's Vikings one time or, you know, like mm -hmm. something cool. Like, it was just, I mean, it's it's pretty lackadaisical. That's a great point. Good job by you, Stats. I just, you know, again, uh, victims, all that talk. I don't know. By the way, you know the one Vikings quarterback that uh, Drew Brees did beat in the playoffs? Brett Favre, like uh, you said. How yeah. absurd is that? <laughs> that is wild when you really think about it. Um, Stats, by the way, asked me a trivia question on Friday, and one of the answers was, I believe, Brett Favre. Um, yes. But he asked me, it was like, hey, I've got a trivia question for you, blah, blah. And I think you thought you were going to stump me, and I literally answered it right away to further yeah. brag about me. I, so here's the thing about me. I love trivia, like football trivia, right. baseball trivia. I love it. I literally 
have a group text from when I worked at NBC, which I haven't worked there since 2020. And I still just text them random trivia questions because I used to just ask them random trivia questions when I was there. Like, I love it. That's um, the spirit behind that is where the name stats comes from, just so everybody is aware. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Stats, you ready to move on? Second yes, subject of the day, second of two. Um, so we have now spent 20 minutes talking about an analyst in the game of football, right? In the mm-hmm. NFL. But that's because the NFL is king. The, N- the NFL can generate content about anything. Like, And again, you and I have talked about this a lot this offseason about, you know, analysts changing. You mentioned musical chairs. We threw out Kay Adams and Nate Burleson left Good Morning Football. Like the NFL world is so different. We are literally in the multiverse of the NFL. This is a different <laughs> timeline. Um, so that being said, that was part of the idea that you mentioned football morning in America that Peter King wrote about today. Um, and, and how the NFL controls everything. People say this, like, you know, what gets annoying to me stats is the trope of something becoming a trope in and of itself. So for, as an example of that last week, the, the most common thing said about the NFL schedule release. And this was said by, people and radio stations all over whatever blah blah like man i don't know about you but i think it's ridiculous that the nfl has made such a big deal about the schedule release like and and people think like it's a super original thought for them to say like you know yeah i mean the nfl just loves to do this they love to take (laughs) something small and turn it into a bunch of things thank you for the super visionary take uh random sports person but that's just the nfl's way to roll they get it they want to be a part of the news cycle for as long as possible, for as many days as possible. And there are so many things that could happen where if you just plucked stuff from other sports out of the air and put it on the same day as the schedule release, and the schedule release would blow it out of the water. There's NBA playoff games going on. NHL playoff games. People care more about the schedule, and I'm one of them. I love it. Like, yes, I don't care. Like, I don't like when people tell other people not to get excited about stuff. You care too much about this. You shouldn't be having this much fun. Forget you, man. I'm I'm only on this planet for God knows how long. If I want to have a little fun with the schedule, I'm going to have some fun with it. And you can go pound sand. To your point, the two sports things I, talking about myself, cared the most about last week were, at the time, the Astros' 10-11 uh, game winning streak and the Dallas Cowboys schedule coming out. Like, that was it. <laughs> like, I, like right. no, no, Nothing else was on that same page for me, uh, which, which is fascinating. Uh, but, up, uh, but Jerry Jones understands this. That's, you actually pointed this out to me. 
Yeah. So it's from Football Morning in America. And Peter King was talking about Jerry Jones and the Cowboys and how, you know, we've heard it a thousand times at this point, but how all press is good press, basically. And that Jerry Jones really believes it. And Jerry is telling this story that he was sitting down to have lunch with a couple executives at Fox. And I'm just going to read you the quote from Jerry Jones. A few years after I bought the team, I'm out in Los Angeles having lunch with David Hill and Ed Gorin of Fox. At that time, there were a lot of negative headlines about the Cowboys. Michael Irvin was in the headlines. People were saying the owner's an outlaw. And so that day I told them, I'm tightening the lid on this franchise. We're going to get control of this team. And according to Jerry, David Hill jumped up. He said, no, do not touch my boys. They are television gold. Don't even think about it. The foibles, the soap opera, the issues, they create interest. And in the senior bowl, the combine, free agency, the draft, training camp, we always got something going. If Jerry Jones owned the 49ers, RJ, and I read that quote, I would be losing my mind with what he just said. Essentially, he said he should get like a free pass for all the crap that's gone on with the Cowboys in his tenure because people like it. And he's a, he's letting it all happen because it's good for the team. There's a very famous Jerry quote um, that he gave to, <clears throat> I don't know who it was at the time. I mean, was, we're talking like early nineties, Dallas morning news. I mean, you know, back when, you know, newspapers a little bit, you know, kind of the, the king of the industry, so to speak. Um, and Jerry, Jerry said, again, I forget who the reporter was, but he said, look, I don't care what you write about us as long as you spell Dallas Cowboys correctly. I mean, that's, that's the truth, dude. And and they, like the, I, I think we live in such a fascinating time where, and this applies to like anything, but you know, football's our world. But like people have so much access to information that people are so much smarter. And so I think that like this, you know, um, disposition was something Jerry got away with when people weren't hip to it. But now everybody's like hip to it. And everybody's like everybody sees through it. And so like this quote, I, like this story in Football Morning America, if if this happened in this exact same way. 20 years ago and that came out like on espn.com one of the only main websites you know in the world at the time for sports news everybody's like haha this is great but this now like now it's just another eye roll now it's like dude come on this is so stupid this is so lame you clear like it is so tone deaf too when you consider the things the cowboys have been connected to this offseason. right um i mean it is it is just all around bad but like keeping it just about football which again does is not what the off the field or obviously off the field but what the things surrounding the team have been about this offseason i said this then and i'm not like demanding credit for it but i sort of am after the cowboys lost to your 49ers in the wild card round of the playoffs the very next friday so we're talking about five days later um jerry jones did a radio hit on you know 105 through the fan the home of the dallas cowboys and was asked very specifically very explicitly about mike mccarthy's future given an opportunity to you know keep you know give his coach a, a rounding bit of security and you know vote for the future and declined he, he he would not commit to mike mccarthy so what that fed the idea oh it's jerry gonna move on from mccarthy the cowboys lost to the niners in the playoffs so he's gonna get fired whenever and guess what and because of the cowboys the a block or whatever for every sunday you know countdown show was 
this for the divisional round of the playoffs while your Niners are getting ready for the Packers. I guess at that point had already beaten the Packers, but still, like while all these actual playoff games are getting yep. ready to happen, of course, every show's got to talk about are the Cowboys going to move on from Mike McCarthy. And then I don't know how well you remember this. It was a few months ago at this point. Next week, you know, Mike McCarthy goes on the Rich Eisen show and he's all pissed off. And then Jerry comes back and is like, you guys did this. He's telling the same radio station, <laughs> you guys made this a thing. It's like, no, 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 dude, you had the opportunity to commit to this guy. But if you rewind the whole reason I said this then that day, the whole reason Jerry refused to commit to Mike McCarthy was to keep his team that had been eliminated in the discussion for every NFL show that weekend with the division round of the playoffs happening. Like, you know, though, I, I give you a hard time about this. The Cowboys not having reached an NFC title game since 1995. But like, Jerry, it ain't working, Jer. Like, your strategy of all press is good press and everything, you know, as long as we're in the news, it's fine. Like, just look at the history of your tenure as an owner. It ain't working. You know, he, he gets rid of Landry and he brings in Jimmy Johnson, who was a Hall of Fame coach, incredible, was was light years ahead of everybody else when it came to the draft and understanding the draft picks and the value and all of that stuff. They, people still refer to the Jimmy Johnson draft trade chart, and he hasn't coached to the NFL in like 50 years. But I, I think because of that, Jerry, like, thinks that he gets it and, like, thinks that, like, his way worked. It's like, no, you struck gold with Jimmy Johnson, and since then it's been bad, and yet he doesn't change. I mean, all he's ever done is strike gold. I mean, both in other business, like literally in, in terms of oil um, and, and with Jimmy and then with Romo. Romo's this undrafted free agent like, you know, that you but stumble. he didn't strike gold. Bill Parcells found Tony Romo. I, I mean, like, you, I'm, I'm fine giving Jerry, like, a semblance of credit there. You know, like, I'm, I'm cool with that. And Dak, like, you know, like, their, their greatest accomplishments have been accidents. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Dak, who they didn't want. They wanted right, Paxton right. Lynch. But, and Connor Cook. They tried to trade up for Connor Cook in the fourth round of that draft. I mean, so, I mean, that's my point. But, like, you mentioned Jimmy. Like, this is why, like, I am so checked out on these dudes for years. I'm talking, I mean, and you know this, you keep tabs on the NFL, obviously, as a whole. For years, it's been, you know, Jimmy. Jimmy's going to go to the Ring of Honor someday. J Jimmy's, Jimmy's going to go. I, Jerry, I wonder who has, like, full authoritative control over that. Like, I, 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 wonder, right. I wonder who decides who goes into the Ring of Honor. And then a year and a half ago, when it was announced at the Super Bowl that Jimmy was a part of last year's Hall of Fame class, uh, actually, it was two years ago. He had to wait, uh, I'm sorry, because of the pandemic, obviously. Uh, so he finally went in last year. And in the entire lead up to the Hall of Fame, it's I don't want to take away from from Jimmy going into the Hall of Fame with the Ring of Honor. And then J Jerry takes his chance to to get his in the lead up to the Hall of Fame game. They were on Fox together, both wearing their their gold jackets. And Jerry says he's going to go into the Ring of Honor. And all the same Cowboys fans who hate Jerry Jones, blah, blah, they come out like, see, Jerry's going to do. It. He's going to put him in the Ring of Honor. When? Like, when? <laughs> like, did, did he say when? In. Did, did he say when? Because here we are. It's been you know almost a full year since Jerry said that. We have heard nothing. No sign indication whatsoever of jimmy johnson who jimmy johnson is I, look the dallas cowboys are a storied franchise you agree with me there the ring of honor obviously means something i'm not trying to speak ill of it but it is nothing compared to the pro football hall of fame jimmy johnson has literally been recognized as one of the, as the greatest coaches in nfl history and he is absent from his team's own hall of fame who like who who else is in a situation like that can you think of one like mr trivia man can you think of somebody who was in the pro football hall of fame but is not a member of their team's ring of honor? No, because there's no, like, teams, I guess, have rules with rings of honor. But, like, 
when Jerry Rice retired, he didn't have to wait to get into the 49ers. You no. just put him in. You put them in. Dude, it's, like, it's we, cake, we trashed the Cardinals a lot because they put Carson Palmer in their <laughs> ring of honor. Like, I know that there are different right. standards for teams, but it's like, dude, and to your point, he, you fired him, you know, or he walked away, however you want to put it, 30 years ago in, in or 28 years ago, I guess is, is the best way to put it. 28 years ago is when you did that. And he's still not in there. It's lame. It's it's petty. It's stupid. But that's Jerry. And he'll come out like last week. They had their schedule release. And they, he does a video with Stephen A. Smith. And so all the Cowboys fans, ha ha, Jerry's being Jerry. Huh? No, nah, man, like this is lame. This is really depressing. This whole quote. The the Miami Heat retired number 23 for Michael Jordan. And he never played for them. Like they did that before the Cowboys put Jimmy Johnson in the ring of honor. That's that's just weird. Um, It's very sad. It's very strange. It's very Dallas Cowboys. Um, something you just saw something stats while we are recording. Um, go ahead. This is your thing. Yeah, like if we're talking about stuff to shake your head at, Josina Anderson tweeted this out as we're doing the show. Quote: I'm told Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is treating the offense to the Bahamas this weekend. The trip is for team building and football chemistry. As Watson has also secured a field there to continue off-season workouts. Well, there's there's carrying water and then there's what the hell Justine Anderson is doing with that tweet like oh my goodness um that is super lame um yikes um on the subject of that I don't think we have discussed this um just the football part of it obviously the Browns the Browns shouldn't exist again uh but this time for legitimate and just cause not you know which wasn't the case last time um but have you looked at the first six games of the Brown schedule stats uh no so i mean i think that's an interesting number just because like deshaun watson may be suspended right like we, mm -hmm. don't, we don't know that we don't know how the nfl is going to roll and there's i would say there's precedent but there is no precedent like the nfl treats every situation however it wants like oh my god um, <laughs> so if you look at the brown schedule and this is this is a team who the team itself is hyping up as being this would-be contender you know massive contract for a quarterback again he is seemingly a terrible person uh, which makes the whole situation disgusting as we've discussed many different times but these are the first six games of the browns schedule at the carolina panthers that is a noon game actually I'll, I'll get to the times in a minute at the panthers the jets at home the steelers that's week three that is on thursday night football on amazon week four atlanta week five the chargers uh, and the Atlanta games in Atlanta and week six, the Patriots of those first six game stats. I mentioned the Steelers game is on Thursday night football. That's week three. The other five are at one o'clock. In fact, if you want to go to week seven, six of their first seven games are at 1 p.m. Eastern time, which to me smells a lot like the NFL bearing them in your Sunday noon kickoff window because Deshaun Watson might not be there. If you look at their schedule, they only have two games that aren't scheduled for 1 p.m. They had the Thursday game, like you said, they have a Monday nighter against Cincinnati in week eight. Obviously, that's not at 1 p.m. on Sunday. The rest of them were all 1 p.m. Sunday. Every single except, one. Well, except for a week 18, which is TBD for every team. Right? Well, yeah, but, but that's yeah, everybody. Right. Like, so the Browns. What, what does that say? What does that say to you? Like, legitimately? It says that they're bracing for a Deshaun suspension because look at the games later in the year. Week 11, Buffalo. Week 12, Tampa. Cincinnati. Baltimore. You can put those. You can flex those games, right? So if Deshaun is back. You can bet your ass the Browns are going to be flexed into prime time for at least a couple of those. So do you think that there is a suspension coming? Like if, if we're oh, reading yeah. tea, so if we're reading tea leaves, do you I guess my, a better question is do you think this is a tea leaf that can be read? 100%. Absolutely. Like if you know if you've done any sort of reading about how the NFL builds their schedule, in, in Peter King's Football Morning in America they talk about it how all the off-season movement 
you know, cause them to reshuffle the deck. Like, wait a minute, Miami trades for Tyree Kill. Okay, maybe they deserve a primetime game. Brady retires. All right, we're not going to give the Bucks a lot of love. Oh, wait, Brady's back. Reshuffle the deck again. Put the Bucks in primetime. So, look, they factor in all of this stuff. They get it. It's an entertainment business that they, that they're doing this stuff on purpose. Um, I think it's very, very clear what they did with the Browns' schedule, uh, and I think it's very clear that like what Deshaun's trying to do with this Justine Anderson tweet. Like he's trying to control the narrative, right, and get Browns fans at least on his side. Look, there's our guy. He's taking the offense to the Bahamas to work out. Yeah, what a good that's team building. I think he's taking Baker. It says treating the offense. That's true. Um, <laughs> um, wow. Is he taking Baker number one? And would Baker go number two? Uh, no and hell no, I think are the answers to that. Um, uh, I just wanted to touch on one last thing relative to the schedule. This is now about like a, a team we're, we're fine with, a, a quarterback we're fine with, um, although they also wear orange jerseys, the Denver Broncos. Um, so I, you mentioned Mike Florio. We mentioned PFT a lot in Football Morning in America. I read something over the weekend that I thought was interesting. Um, do you know how many years the Broncos have gone without a playoff appearance? Without a playoff appearance? Yeah. Well, have they they haven't made the playoffs since Peyton left, right? So Correct. what was his last year? The last Se- year was so seven years. All right, okay. Seven years. There we go. Good math by you. Seven years. Do you know how many? I think this is an important thing. How many standalone games they have this season? Now, to be clear, standalone is more than prime time. I don't think people like recognize this enough. A standalone game is you're in the afternoon window on Fox or CBS, for example, and there's nothing really else going on around you. The Cowboys generally have a lot of those because yep. they're the Cowboys, obviously. So in, in some instances, those standalone games actually do better ratings. Like we've seen the yes. afternoon window for Fox and CBS outperform even Sunday Night Football. Uh, but so do you know how many standalone games the Broncos have? Uh, well, I know that they're in primetime a lot early in the year. Standalone, I'll say nine seven but they actually leave the nfl with seven um and so that being said like that is a big bet on the nfl that's what florio wrote about like they are really and they are mostly at the beginning of the year to your point um so like if the broncos suck like you know their their suckiness won't be on display but like mm-hmm. that's that's a big commitment to make to the broncos by the nfl and the whole like Last you mentioned the schedule making and the trade for Tyreek Hill. The schedule makers said in all their interviews, like, oh, well, you can't draft your way into prime time, whatever, blah, blah. And but you can buy your way, right? Like you can trade your way into prime time oh, the yeah, way the Dolphins did, the way the, the Broncos did. You can definitely fast forward your timeline that way. Absolutely. Like it's name recognition, man. If the Saints, like if Drew Brees came back to the Saints, you can bet they would be flexed into prime time at least one extra time. Like it just, that's just the way it works, man. Mm. Um, interesting. Did you see, by the way, I'm sure you loved this, the photo that Russell Wilson shared over the weekend. No. Why? What was it? Um, well, so first of all, I saw the Broncos shared a photo of Russell. Um, I'm sure you've seen the like super famous photo of Peyton with like one foot in the hot tub or whatever, watching an iPad with his Broncos helmet on. You see this before? Yeah, I think so. So they shared a photo of Russell doing the same thing. So like, ooh, he's following the, in the path of, of Peyton, the sheriff, blah, blah, whatever. Um, so Russell shared a photo of, he, of himself watching film and Peyton. So like Russell's like sitting on like an office chair in the film room um, and Peyton is standing behind him, like kind of like, you know, pressed down on the table, super into it. And they're, they're watching and discussing film together. Russell titled the, the photo, uh, Our Obsession. And he capitalized the word obsession. So like the both O's were capitalized. So it's clearly a title. Uh, let me just ask you that. That's, that's Russ being Russ. He's all about the show. Uh, 
Do you think that the Russell Wilson tenure in Denver will be anywhere near as successful as the Peyton Manning tenure in Denver? Tenure in Denver? Because I don't. Not by a long shot. Define success. I mean, Peyton got to two Super Bowls. He won one of them. I don't think Russ is winning a Super Bowl with the Broncos. I don't even think Russ is getting to a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Well, so, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, for me, like when Peyton signed with the Broncos, I did not expect much. And I don't think, I don't think like, I don't think we knew what to expect. You know what I mean? Um, and then they just kind of blew up out of nowhere in 2012. And then they had that really bitter playoff loss to the Ravens and the Jacoby Jones play. And so, but, but then the next off season in 2013, that was when they signed Wes Walker. And that was when it was like, okay, holy crap. Like, <laughs> like they might be serious here. And that, so like, to me, that also is a part of the success. They were at, at one point in time, they fielded the greatest offense in NFL history. I realize that has since been right. done, but I mean, so like if we're defining success and including that, Probably not. If we're defining success as like how many games they won. Um, I mean, every, so these are, Peyton was there for four years, 2012, 13 and three, 2013, 13 and three, 2014, 12 and four, 2015, 12 and four. But I do think in some ways it was a bit of a failure of, of a, like when you, you did not know that's what you were getting out of Peyton Manning, obviously when you signed him, which is amazing when you think about it, but like they, like you trashed the the saints and Drew Brees for who they lost to in the playoffs. Look, these Broncos lost to the Colts. And the Ravens, like, you know what I mean? Like, they should have won multiple Super Bowls. Like, when we look back at who those teams really were, that's, you know, really sad. You think the, the Peyton Manning tenure in Denver was a failure. 45 and 12. I 140 think it, touchdowns in four years with just 53 picks. An MVP for Peyton Manning. I think when you, when you talk about, like, I think Peyton individually went Thanos mode in Denver, to be very clear. It's like, like that should be said. But... I think considering that the Broncos overall maybe weren't a failure, but didn't live up to what like a Thanos should have accomplished. Like the fact that they have one title to show for that is, I mean, they have two AFC championships. I get it. But like one title, that's it. It's one amazing that, that like the one title loss was to Russ, of course, by the way. So, yeah, well, here's the thing. I don't think I knew that Denver was not winning that Super Bowl against Seattle because poor Peyton couldn't throw by that point. And the Seahawks defense was like, we ain't scared of you. We're going to jam the hell out of your receivers. And then we're going to come and get you. Well, and they and there was the very, the very first play, the like missed snap that went for the same, like from, from that moment, um, it, it felt off. And yeah. then, but like, that was just one of those games. Like everything goes your way. They had the Percy Harvin uh, return to start the second half. Like everything was just crazy for Seattle that day. I mean, he beat Brady twice in the playoffs which how many people can say that like, I, I don't look at it as a failure at all. They, they made the Super Bowl 50% of the time he was there. They didn't even know if Peyton Manning could throw the ball while he was there. So Russ has no chance to bring it back to, to present day. Russ has no chance to be anywhere near as successful as Peyton Manning. It, it's, it'll be fine. He'll win a bunch of games, but he's not touching what Peyton did with the Broncos. Russ has never even gotten an MVP vote, let alone win an MVP. Peyton won one with the Broncos. Mm. Russ's teammate, who was a big part of that Super Bowl loss of the Broncos, has gotten an MVP vote, though. Shout out Tony Dungy, of course, uh, and Bobby Wagner. Um, anyway, um, okay, uh, last thing before we officially hand out MFW MVP stats. Can you name who the MVP was of Super Bowl forty-eight? Malcolm Smith. Okay, just making sure he played for both of our teams. You know, yeah. it's not not often that you can say that about a player. The um, weird, the weird play. Sorry, the play in the NFC Championship game where Richard Sherman breaks up the play. He tipped to it. Throw to Crabtree. Sherman 
Crabtree, oh, he, he obviously. caught it. I'm sorry. Malcolm caught yeah. it, right? Sherman, Crabtree, and Malcolm Smith, everybody involved in that play, ended up playing for the 49ers. Mm. Well, Crabtree was already on the Niners. Right. So, so it's just weird. Like, one of the most memorable pl- plays in 49ers playoff I history. I think that's so, like, I, so, like, just to very quickly tie a bow on this, like, um, some people have floated out the Cowboys signing Jared Cook as a, as a, like a secondary tight end option this year. I would feel so conflicted because he had the third and 20 reception against the Cowboys as a member yep. of the Packers, uh, six years ago. But like, so for me, it would have been very weird to have like Richard Sherman play for the Niners or even Malcolm Smith play for the Niners or like for the Broncos to have Russell Wilson play for them. Like, that's just, that's awkward. Like, I, I don't know that I would be able to get over that. I can't think of an, maybe T.O. is the best example, um, in Cowboys history, but, uh, yeah, it'd be weird. It was weird for me with Sherman. I still didn't love it, but he was an all-pro his first year, so you get over it a little quicker. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rachel, the time has come to hand out uh, MF double MVP. I am eligible for the award despite um, handing it out to stats already, but if you could hand it out and give us your reasoning, that would be wonderful. I think it's only right. We have to give it to stats. And I think this is like his second time getting it. Is it my- That's right. That is right. Every time I'm on this show, I win MF double Literally. MVP. Boom! Stats, look, I, I mean, like, I graciously gave it to you early on. This is Pete's fault, really, if we're being honest, Rachel. Um, he was on the so. under the weather, but yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah. Look, I hope he gets better, but I'm saying it's his fault because of the like immediacy that we needed stats that like sort of allowed for him to be stats is really only MVP by existing. He offered nothing really relevant. He's always he prepared. He's literally like always ready. Got to give it to him. Hmm. All you're saying is all I got to do is show up, and I'm the MVP. Uh, Rachel, I do want to let you know, may- maybe you want to reconsider your vote. So I told stats, like I-, I mentioned earlier, that I had a muffin and a banana for breakfast because we were talking about this before the show started. I'm going to tell you what exactly he told me. All right. Are you ready for this? So I said, I have a muffin and a banana. So what do you want me to do? His exact Slack message to me. I'd like you to grow up. My two-year-old daughter had literally the exact same breakfast this morning. This is a breakfast that you often eat, Rachel. I eat this so all the time. You- how do you feel about stats saying that to us? That is like a go-to breakfast combination. Come on, stats. What? Okay, what are you eating for breakfast? That's what I. I it's wait not. To hear it's this. not important. What I'm eating for hey, make him answer the question. Make him answer, hear it. Fruit Loops. What? <laughs> what? And that's not childish. <laughs> Look, I followed my nose. What do you want from me? Okay. Fruit Loops. Do you want to recast? MF WP ratio. I mean, I'm just just asking. I mean, no, no, no. I'm not gonna recast it. He's still, yeah. okay. he's still um, fair and square. Fine. Stats. Thank you for joining us uh, for pinch hitting today. Um, the final, however many words you want, belong to you. Make them great, or everybody will be sad. I'm like Randy Moss when he would go out and have two Big Macs and French fries, and then go out in the game and throw up 140 yards and two touchdowns. That's basically me when I pinch hit on this show. Also, a 49ers great, Randy Moss. All right, That's true. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great week.